Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency in Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm very excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking all things Big Half Recap. I know that this is going to be a really juicy episode, so just sit back and relax. We'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so much that we need to talk about. Big Half was not at all what I was expecting. And if you follow me on social media, then you already know what happened. And if you don't, then just stay tuned because I'm going to be talking all about it in great detail. And I feel like this was a very important race for me just ahead of Chicago Marathon. As I mentioned previously, this was my tune-up race. So really was going to give both my coach and myself an indicator of just where I was at in my training and sort of how close I could possibly get to a Boston qualifier. And so I want to kind of share like all of the details and my final time and everything in this episode. So I don't want to spoil anything. But before we get started, let's of course start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, I'm going to kick it off and say I think my low for the week is that I'm sad that summer is kind of coming to an end. I know that like September is still technically within like the summer months, but I think in London we're going to start seeing pretty soon like, you know, the sun starting to set later, the sun starting to rise later in the morning rather than earlier. And, you know, we're going to be back into winter training with the TED torches and waking up before the sun rises. And so... I really enjoyed my sunrise run by Tower Bridge this morning, but I kind of had this moment of like, this is not going to last very long. And if anything, it will it might be like a, I'm on my way back and just like finishing my run and the sun will rise like just as I'm finishing. And I feel like that's like the hallmark of winter training. But at the same time, I will say that I do, I do enjoy parts of winter training whilst I do prefer summer training just with like less clothing and just the warmer weather. There are definitely things that I'm looking forward to. Obviously like we haven't worn long sleeves in a while and if you guys if anyone's listening that braced big half and got a t-shirt they actually handed out long sleeve t-shirts which are actually pretty nice and I'm excited to wear it for like winter training but I feel like that's probably my low because your girl definitely gets some seasonal depression and I don't love the winter months and I don't love the sort of darker mornings and evenings and just colder weather but I feel like there are definitely positives and negatives but for me I'm just someone who loves sunshine I love warmth and just yeah, being warm. But um, yeah, my high for the week is definitely obviously, I think big half. But also, I think I've just had this like big realization post big half that we leave to the States in like less than like almost two weeks, basically two weeks from Thursday, I'm recording this on a Tuesday. So I feel like there are so many things like I have to get all my ducks in a row, I need to prepare, I need to make sure that I've got everything that I need both for the marathon, but also for this trip. But also it's like that thing where you have to kind of, you know, prepare a handoff at work. And I just feel like I've never been away from work. This sounds really bad, but I've never like taken a holiday for like two and a half weeks. So it feels like a very long holiday that 
that I'm very excited about because I get to see family and friends from the States. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, this is going to be pretty intense. And I just need to make sure that I have all my ducks in a row and just make sure that we've got things ready in place. And then when we come back to London, it'll be like mid-October and basically well into autumn. So I'm also very excited to come back to that. But I think it's just like kind of daunting to be leaving so early with the marathon still like less than five weeks away. So we'll see what that looks like. And I definitely want to share like a lot of that journey, not just through the marathon Mondays that we've been doing over on TikTok and Instagram, but also just like more YouTube vlogs. So the day that I'm recording this, we're actually uploading a new YouTube vlog, which is really exciting because If there's anything that I wish I did more of, it's definitely YouTube because, I mean, as you can tell, like I started with the podcast and I just prefer long form content. So I'm really excited to kind of hopefully push to get more into YouTube. And Gabriel is a massive support with that. And his editing skills are top tier. And he also just knows so much more about cameras and editing than I ever will. And so I'm excited to kind of share more on YouTube and I definitely want to do like some travel vlogs and just like take you guys, you know, back home with me to the States, but also just do more YouTube videos in general around running. So if you have any suggestions, definitely you can leave them in like the Q&A comment box if you're on Spotify, or you can send me a DM on social media. But without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Right. So if you've been listening and following for a while, you'll know that I have been chasing a sub 145 half marathon time for nearly an entire year. And the first time that I sort of announced and put out there that that was the time that I wanted to aim for was about this time last year when I had signed up to the Victoria Park half in December of 2022. Now, a lot has obviously changed since then, but that doesn't mean that, you know, switching and like getting a coach like did everything for me like it was a massive factor in that and I'm going to go into that in more detail but I think like as an example Hackney Half as I talked about in the last episode just didn't go to plan I still got 146 and I did not get that sub 145 and like whilst it was a PR and I was getting closer to my race goal I still didn't hit it and so I just want to preface with this just to say like you know you can have everything in place you can tick all the boxes you can do all the training and something can still go wrong on race day and like that was definitely the case for me at Hackney and so I I definitely felt pretty nervous going into big half because I knew that you know my coach basically said like if you want to have a good chance of getting a Boston qualifier in Chicago you kind of have to get a sub 145 half. And so I felt like there was a little bit of pressure there. And I knew that like, you know, ultimately I wanted to go out and hopefully just like be able to do it and run to feel and just like have a good time. But I went into it definitely still knowing that like there was a good amount of pressure on this. And 
with Chicago in like five weeks post big half, you know, I even then, like whilst that still gave me some wiggle room in terms of more time to train, it's still just definitely, you know, it just added that extra pressure. And so I didn't want it to totally deter me though. So I still stuck to what I know to be my pre-race routine in terms of nutrition, hydration, etc. So Night before, Gabriel and I went to Francomanca, and this pizza is definitely the best pizza that sits on my stomach because it's like a sourdough base. And I find that with some of the other pizza places that we've tried, we don't have the same luck. And so I wanted to stick to what I knew. And so we went to Francomanca, got my pizza, and then we came home and had a good night's sleep and got to bed early. All throughout the week, I was having electrolytes. And this is something that I've learned from Manchester Marathon race week in terms of just making sure that you are super hydrated and, you know, doing the same for Hackney Half, just ensuring that you are extra hydrated and your body's extra hydrated the week before to give yourself the best shot of just being able to run in such warm weather. And so I think I was definitely grateful for that because yeah big half was a very very warm day very humid and lots of people struggled including myself race day morning we woke up at around 5 36 and i had my pre-run routine my pre-race routine which is a banana with peanut butter an iced coffee electrolytes as well as a carb drink and for those that have been listening for a while this year I started implementing a carb drink before race day. This time I had the Morton 160 carb drink and I find that I'm able to drink this down before I sort of get to the start so it's not something that I necessarily finish in the moment. It's something that like you kind of you pour it into a bottle and you have to continuously shake it because the bits kind of will like sit at the bottom if you and then like when you're going to drink it again you just have to give it a shake again and so it is quite a thick drink and so it takes some time to actually get down and so I was just sipping on that you know during breakfast and then while I was getting ready and then as we left and sort of got to the start line was just continuing to drink that and then right before I gave my race day bag to the stewards I finished the drink put the bottle in my bag and then switched my shoes so one thing that I've learned is never to walk in carbon plated shoes and so I was wearing the Adi Zero SLs walking to the race itself and then I had my Adios Pro 3s in my bag and then just swapped them before I gave my race day bag to the steward and as you guys know for all of my races this year basically I've been wearing the Adios Pro 3s and genuinely really do swear by them because they've given me PR after PR and they are probably one of the most comfortable carbon plated shoe you know just one that does not give me blisters that I have really just found works for me and I know that that that'll be different for everyone so definitely figure out what works for you but this was you know just this is just the shoe that works for me and so then we get to the warm-up area and it was pretty cool because you got to warm up over tower bridge and so gabriel was starting in a wave earlier than me and so we went to drop off his bag and then we did a little, a little jog together and then he had to go to his start line so i said bye and then I continued to warm up. I tried to do a little bit of strides. I was stretching a ton just to make sure that my legs were feeling fresh. But genuinely, I wasn't feeling too nervous. My legs weren't feeling too sore. And so I was feeling pretty good. And I was trying to stay in the shade as much as possible before we started the race. And before I knew it, we were getting to the start line and we were walking to the start. And then they, yeah, set us off. And I I find that with every single race, no matter the distance, it is so hard 
to try and contain your pace at the very beginning for like that first kilometer because you look around you and everyone shoots off and it's so hard not to shoot off with them because you know it's all the energy all of the cheering and you know just race day itself it's so exciting but it's so hard to kind of mentally tell yourself like no 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 like I'm gonna be sensible I'm gonna hold back I'm gonna you know be smart about this and if you guys have watched some of the videos that I've put out in terms of the big half recap it my coach's name is Sally and she's known as sensible Sally and one thing that she told me from the beginning that she's really good at is just being sensible when racing and I've always said to her that I really want to become more sensible and so I really just needed I kept mentally telling myself to like keep it calm keep it steady I kept checking my watch just to make sure that I wasn't going too fast but I was definitely clocking some 730 miles at the beginning when my half marathon pace should sit around a 740 and ideally even then my coach was had told me before that I could be running basically at marathon pace to get that sub 145 if I wanted to get just under and so I kind of had a nice range to sort of let myself race at and I found that ultimately that was probably one of the biggest wins and the biggest takeaways from the big half is that I really was able to kind of control my pace and not kind of in a way that I was like really continuously looking at my watch and checking and checking and checking because I find that if you're so heavily reliant on your watch and you're always looking at your watch, what what is really the purpose of racing? Because you should be able to kind of know what these different paces feel like, or at least that's kind of what my coach has taught me. And so I really wanted to practice what she was preaching and really kind of go back in my head to all of the training that I've been doing for, you know, up till big half, as well as for marathon training, and just try and kind of sit like switch my body into the half marathon pace and like sit in that pace and like know what that felt like and that's something I've been practicing throughout my training and then kind of use my watch more as just like something to check on because as well in a big race like the big half you can't always rely on your watch that's like a GPS watch because everyone's GPS gets messed up and mine definitely did later in the race and I'll talk about that but I really wanted to focus more on what that pace felt like for me. And so it was really cool to be able to kind of, you know, know that I knew what I was doing and I didn't need to be obsessively looking and checking my watch, which I find is kind of when I start to go downhill is when I become too obsessive with what my watch is telling me when it's it's not always necessarily true. And I feel like I could do a whole episode on, you know, training with a Garmin or just like with your running watch in general, because it really takes away from what that experience is meant to be. And so I think it felt really good to kind of be able to listen to my body and knew when I had a little bit more to give and I could sort of, you know, go up an incline and push myself a little bit more or at points where I knew I was going, I felt like I was going too fast. And so I, you know, checked my watch. Okay, I am going too fast, confirm that and pull it back a little bit. It just felt really good to sort of really be able to feel very aligned with my body and like be able to check in like that. And it kind of went that way up until the halfway mark, which I thought was really great because then sort of when you get over that halfway mark is a really good indicator of like, okay, how are you feeling? Checking on how you're feeling and see how much energy you have left to give. And if you can make it to 10K and not feel completely depleted and, you know, feeling like you're going to like just keel over, 
then you've done something right. Because typically for me, and I've shared loads about it in previous episodes, I am always the one to do the opposite. And I always shoot out too fast. And then all of my energy is used. And by the time that I get to that like halfway or three quarter mark of a race, I'm completely depleted and I don't have anything left to give for the end of the race. So this really reminded me of my first marathon experience, actually, because I will that was kind of a different experience because I was super clueless about like the experience in itself. But in a way, I kind of went into it just thinking like, you know, this is going to be pretty tough. So I'm just going to kind of do me. And, you know, it, it was in a way that I started out pretty easy. But by like mile 17, 18, I was passing everyone that had passed me in the beginning. So this was like basically what was happening at like the 10K mark for me in the big half. And that felt super, super positive. And that's always such a confidence booster. And I will say that around mile eight and nine, my GPS definitely messed up a little bit. And mentally, it kind of threw me off for a second. But then I was able to kind of like switch out of it because I told myself, you know, the sub 145 pacers are still behind you. You can't even spot them. So just keep going and just, you know, focus on how you're feeling and don't look at the watch because essentially I had written out all of the times as I typically do and my coach gives it to me and gives me the choice of either in miles or kilometers and I'm always going in miles because that's just how I operate. And so I had on my hand sort of what time I should be going, what time I should be at for like three miles, six miles, nine miles, 12 miles. And for nine miles, I actually found that my watch was saying that I was at mile eight, but the time was what matched what I was meant to be at for mile nine. So I had a moment of like, am I that far behind? And then I kind of thought, surely not. And I was trying to do the math in my head and I wasn't sure if maybe my, maybe my coach had you know, mess that up. But I kind of just thought like, no, just like, don't, don't like, you know, hyper fixate on it. Just like focus on the race and just like, yeah, like I said, focus on how you feel. And for the last few miles, I just felt really strong. It was definitely a push. And as I was approaching Greenwich, which is, which is where you finish, I was looking at my watch and I suddenly realized that I could almost go sub 140. So Remember what I mentioned at the beginning that I've been trying to go sub 145 for ages. I had basically managed to maintain up until that point an average pace of seven minutes, 40 seconds, which is like what my half marathon pace is. So I nailed that on the head and I just realized that I, you know, if I really pushed myself, I could go sub 140. But at the same time, there was a little bit of an incline as you approach Greenwich. And so I kind of thought, you know, don't push it too much. And like, you know, you're obviously like, I mean, if this is right, then hopefully you're about to get sub 145 and you're going to hit your goal like race time. And so I wanted to focus on that and not give too much because again, we're saving everything for Chicago and we're going to give everything in Chicago. And I did the biggest sprints. I did the biggest sprint finish of my life. And Luckily, Gabriel finished before me, so he was able to go through, get his bag, and come back to watch me finish, and he got this clip of me doing my sprint finish, and it just felt really, really strong, and when I tell you that I just felt on top of the world, like, not gonna lie, at the at the finish, I did feel a little bit like I was gonna hurl, and I feel like that's a typical thing for me after a sprint finish, and maybe for a lot of people, but then a very hilarious clip that Gabriel got is when I found him after the finish and I, you know, was looking at my time and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I think I got 140. My watch was saying 140, 20 something. And so I was running towards him. I had the biggest smile on my face and 
I just felt like in that moment, I had the biggest runner's high and I was just on top of the world. But then when I looked back at the video and Gabriel sort of said to me in the moment, like, you're bleeding down your left side. And I said, what? And I looked down at my bra and down my entire left side of my bra was just like bright red blood. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like I had no idea. I didn't even feel that. Like there were definitely moments earlier on in the race where I did feel like a little bit of chafing, which, you know, I definitely did put anti-chafe on like all over my body because I knew it was going to be a hot day. This was also the first race that I wanted to go and just wear a sports bra with a um, I just wanted to wear a sports bra with my biker shorts and this was like a very big thing for me that I've probably not touched on too much but in terms of like body confidence I've definitely been slowly but surely building that up as a runner over time over the years and so I kind of said to myself if there's a race to try this out for the first time it's the big half because it's about to be incredibly humid and I was really excited because I had like a really nice lavender sports bra with lavender biker shorts and you know, whilst it was very cute before I started, you know, light colors like that are going to obviously show things like sweat, but also blood. And whilst part of me is like, you know, at least you weren't on your period. It's like, I still just like had so much blood down the left side of my bra and it was just chafing. And when I posted the video of my race day recap, lots of people thought that it was like my full on nipple bleeding, but it was just the underboob. Which, like, if you are a female distance runner, you know for a fact that, like, sometimes that is truly inevitable. And don't get me wrong, like, I still want to try out other sorts of, like, anti-chafe brands and products and things. But I still feel like at the end of the day, like, you cannot tell me that people who go out and run, like, ultra marathons, people who were doing UTMB this past weekend, you can't tell me that they just, like, put on a bunch of body glide and just, like, did not chafe one bit. Like, at the end of the day, there's going to be, like, an area that you forgot, an area that you missed, or, like, a new area that's chafing that you never thought could chafe before. And it's just kind of something that you accept as a runner, I feel like. And unfortunately for me, someone who does have a bigger chest, who wishes that she had a smaller chest for running, it's just something that has always happened to me. And I've gotten better about it over the years in terms of trying to remember to put on anti-chafe more. But this was just a very, very warm day. Literally, like, by the first kilometer, I was already sweating, and this was before we went into, like, a massive tunnel, and so it was just a very, very warm day overall, and some of the photos that I got from the race were from my friend Lily and her partner Johnny, and they saw me at mile three and a half, and already by then, these photos, I have so many sweat stains, which, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just goes to show, like, you know, that was only, like, a little over 5k in, and your girl was already sweating loads, so... I have yet to get my official race day photos back from the big half and I really would like to know just when exactly I started to chafe that intensely. So I will have to keep you guys on hold with that while I wait for those race day photos. But other than that, my final time was 1.40.24, which to me is so crazy. And to know that I was like so close as well to going sub 1.40 and to me like the thought of you know, racing a half marathon in a time in the 130s is wild to me because I think that women who can run a 90 minute half marathon are insanely inspiring, but also just like so fast. And I feel like this year has 
just like been incredible in terms of each race that I do has just gone really, really well. And it's been PB after PB and knock on wood, I'm really hoping for the best in Chicago. But I'm also just, you know, I'm 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 needing to be realistic with myself. And my coach sort of said this to me. We went for coffee the day before the race to chat about it. And whilst she knows that I am capable of a sub 330, we also need to be prepared for the fact that like, you know, anything can happen just as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, something could go wrong or the weather's just off or it's just not my race day. And it's important that I don't let that affect me. And I've been open about the fact that I'm a very emotional runner on the podcast. And so I think I'm just trying to get myself mentally prepared for Chicago now in the five weeks that we've got left to train. And so I really want to focus on just, you know, being kinder to myself, being nicer to myself, because I still will even have like, you know, interval sessions, tempo sessions where I don't have I don't hit pace or it's just really hot and I'm really struggling or you know marathon pace might just feel a little bit tougher than the day before and so I'm really trying to practice being kinder to myself because I'm very aware that this is a very big goal that I've set for myself and Boston qualifying if I'm honest was not something that I thought that I'd be saying that I'd be aiming for in 2023. I always sort of thought that it was something that was like in the far but distant future like something that I kind of had to work a little more towards and it, you know, something that I thought that I had to work harder for for a few more years. But, you know, I also want to have the confidence that I am capable of it and that Chicago is going to be a very new course for me. It's going to be very flat, which, you know, I'm not used to because even London has some inclines. And so I think I'm just very excited. And obviously, I'm very aware as well that there is a hill at the very end of Chicago Marathon. But I think I'm just excited to take in just how flat the rest of the course will be and to really use that to my advantage and take a lot of the learnings that I've learned from each of these races in terms of nutrition, in terms of, you know, being sensible in my racing. I really want to ensure that I take all of those with me to Chicago Marathon. Some of the other things that went really well for me in terms of Big Half were that I recently got the new Shox Open Fit headphones, which I've not really talked about headphones all that much on here, but I'm someone who's been like a long time Apple user and I've always had AirPod Pros. And whilst I do love the pros for certain sessions where I just need to like tune out the world and I really need to tune in to like this te- really hard tempo session or you know, threshold session, I really would like to be able to hear more things around me, especially in a race day setting. And I always find that like either whether it's Gabriel or someone that I know or someone that follows the podcast or follows me on social media will message me and say like, I saw you or, you know, I was cheering for you and me just like being so like, you know, I I don't even know what to say because I probably likely couldn't hear you and I didn't even give myself a chance of being able to hear you because I had the pros in my ears and so for the big half I really wanted to try wearing these shocks open fit and I want to say like that I love them and I'm definitely going to wear them for Chicago I think and I think just being able to hear not only like the cheering but just everything around you was really helpful as well and I yeah I think that that went really well racing nutrition as well I think went super well I think I've spoken about how marathon training in terms of nutrition 
has been a bit off for me for some reason and I've just not been able to stomach gels during some of my long runs which is not ideal to be going out for like 16 to 18 miles and just not be able to stomach anything but I'm very happy to say that I was able to stomach two gels during the big half which were kind of like what saved me in those moments of just like feeling a little bit depleted and you just need like that little extra something. So I took the first one at around mile four, I believe, and then the second one at around mile nine or 10. And I found that to be kind of like perfect for me in terms of what I needed. And I definitely could have done with another gel, but there was so much water. I say so much, but I think for me, it just worked out that the water along the course, you know, there are three different water stations, I believe. And each time I would just pick up a bottle and I would slowly sip it, but I would hang on to it throughout the run until I got to the next water station. And then by then I was basically out of water. So it was like, I was basically getting like a top up, which was great. And so I think in terms of like water along the course, as well as gels, you know, the stuff that like really is, can be really tough to do in terms of like trying to eat something and drink something while you're racing that went really well and I know that that can always like be sort of the make or break thing for people but other than that I think just a really enjoyable day out and I think I'm kind of glad that I didn't realize I was chafing until the very very end because I don't know what I would have done if someone had pointed that out to me like during if not like at halfway because I think that that would have thrown me off and I would have felt really self-conscious but ultimately like while yes I was kind of embarrassed in the moment when I when Gabriel first pointed it out and I realized how much I was bleeding you know in the end I just realized like you know I I just went out there and I crushed my half marathon race goal and you know if I chafed I chafed and like it happens and I really really sat for a while thinking like do I really want to share these photos of like me full-on with like a load of blood on my left side of my chest Or do I want to just use the really nice race day photos that Johnny took of me? And I, you know, I've always said to myself that if I'm going to post on social media, if I'm going to do this stuff that really, you know, makes my heart happy and it makes me feel so creative and so excited to do this sort of content-y stuff, like I want to be genuine. I want to be honest. I want to share the full experience just like I did at the triathlon. Like I'm not going to tell you that I just went out and did my first triathlon and it went, you know, swimmingly fine. I was on day one of my period and it sucked. I was bleeding hard and, you know, I was very crampy. But like I think that sometimes it's just nice, especially as a female athlete to like share, you know, just the reality of it because, we have certain things that we struggle with that men don't and so I want to be very transparent and very honest about my running journey and just the things that I happen to stumble upon along the way whether they're positive or negative it's all a part of the race day experience and I'm I'm I walked away super super proud of myself my coach was really excited and you know it it just makes me really really stoked for the last five weeks to see what we can squeeze out of me training wise and just see how much more we can, you know, get in before Chicago Marathon. But other than that, I think that kind of does it for the race day recap. It was just a really good day out and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, just really had a great time. And it was a obviously a massive confidence boost for Chicago Marathon. So I will be making more episodes just sort of in the lead up to Chicago Marathon. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency in Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. If there are any resources mentioned in the episode, they will always be linked in the show notes of the episode, as well as more ways to connect with me if you would like to. But otherwise, it'll be linked in the show notes of the episode, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.